1: Welcome back to the Hardware Unboxed podcast, another episode here where we're pretty much just for the entirety of this episode talking about FSR 3 frame generation, the various different pitfalls and benefits of this feature, and just general features as well, a bit of a discussion on DLSS and other features, and maybe the GPU should just be a bit faster instead of providing us with features like frame generation. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this discussion, a bit of a deep dive on FSR 3 and frame generation. Let's get into it. Good morning, Steve. I think it's time to talk about FSR 3. How are you going?
0: Good, good. It's it's the weekend. I'm relaxed and uh, I'm ready to talk about frame generation, one of my favorite topics of all time. (laughs) Yeah, I know you're um,
1: probably a bit uh, less keen on frame generation than I am, which is... I guess it's interesting, you know, sometimes we see the feedback of like, would I have made a video different to you or would you have made a video different to me? Like who's the more biased of the presenters and that sort of thing. I think very much if you were making the FSR3 video that you probably would have been a little more negative on it than I was, which is interesting because I think commenters has probably thought the opposite. But um,
0: (laughs) yeah, you're not a huge man. I think the truth of the matter is I probably wouldn't have even made a video i mean i guess i would have been forced to the whole thing with the harbor unbox channel is i typically do things in a way and and test products that i'm interested in and Mm -hmm. if i'm uninterested in like there's been so many technologies that people have asked us to look at like radeon chill for example back in the rx 580 days and i have no interest in radeon chill it's like not a feature i would ever enable uh it doesn't suit the type of games i play it's just not something I get excited about. So if I'm completely uninterested in something, it's really hard to to look at. it. And the Hard Run Box channel is a hobby channel. Like it's not meant to be a serious business, at least not for me. Uh, I started because I'm passionate about PC hardware. I enjoy benchmarking. I enjoy seeing how things compare in terms of performance. So yeah, because I don't run it like a business, I'm not looking at things that I, I don't care about. And frame generation is just one of those things that at this point in time, I just do not care about. Um, if I was in a, an Nvidia pitch meeting and I was representing, I had a, like a gamer tag on my head and Nvidia was like, well, we've, we've we're working on this new technology. We're developing this new technology where it, it doubles your frame rate. I'm like, okay, I'm interested. Go on. Uh, it, it makes it a lot smoother. So it, it, it gives you like a, the feeling of a high refresh rate experience, but there's no input at all. Um, and if anything, it might hurt your input, but we have another feature that can probably help with that a little bit. And I'll be like, all right. Have you got any other ideas? Like, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's move along. That one sounds pretty crap. Uh, but here we are. Um, yeah, gamers have been promised things that I don't think frame generation quite do. Um, it's been pitched mm-hmm. to them in a way that makes it seem a bit more exciting than it actually is. And I just, I don't think it's, I think it's a, I don't think it's a direction we want to take GPU hardware and PC gaming in, uh, unless they can obviously fix the grievances i have with the technology um i'm not holding my breath for that one anyway i probably done a little bit of. i I guess the point is i'm not that interested in, in its current iteration uh certainly more interested in the upscaling side of things and even that i'm not super interested in but that's certainly much more beneficial and has proven worthwhile um in a lot more scenarios than stuff like frame generation which i think for the most part is pretty useless. I mean sure, we'll
1: talk about that as we go through this as well, because I'm not yeah. I don't wouldn't say I have a different opinion to you. I think my opinion is probably slightly less negative, but I don't mm-hmm. think that frame generation is as good as upscaling. Like the mm-hmm. <laughs> the amount of times that you can realistically use upscaling is pretty much all of the time. Like obviously if you're gaming at 1080p, it's not great, but mm. for most gamers, upscaling is like turn it on works pretty well. Frame generation's like, okay, here's the list, the checklist of things that you need to check off to make sure that you're like part Mm -hmm. of that group. And if you check off all the things, then go for it. Hit
0: the enable button. If any one of those things isn't there, then it's probably not going to be great. I think not to, sorry, keep ranting on, but I think if it was pitched more genuinely for what it is, and I think more people are starting to realize what it is, which is what we've said from the very start, that it's a it's a frame smoothing technology. It smooths out frame rates. It tries to improve the image quality with smoother frame rates. Now you can argue whether it does or doesn't improve the image quality. I mean that's a, you know, that's a whole different thing. But that's really what it is. It's not a performance boosting. It doesn't boost your FPS, which is what mm-hmm. it appears to be doing. Which is it's quite misleading in that sense. But it really smooths it out. And yeah, under certain scenarios, in certain conditions where it's implemented really well, it can give you that sort of high refresh rate look without Mm -hmm. the full experience. Anyway, I'll I'll stop because... Well, I think you you make a good point because
1: I think NVIDIA and AMD have advertised this as a performance-enhancing feature. Mm -hmm. And I think that is very much twisting the definition of performance. Like, Mm -hmm. what we've always come to assume that performance means isn't so much a visual side of things. Like, performance doesn't mean the quality of the frame. Like, you know, you're never turning up from high to ultra settings and going, oh, you've improved the performance of your gaming experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which And that's pretty much what frame generation is doing. Like, it's improving theoretically the quality, the visual quality of your gaming experience, which we've never associated with performance. Performance has always been about the latency and input of the gaming experience and the overall package, which typically is associated with both Input latency and the frame rate and the visuals and the smoothness and so on. So this sort of redefinition of performance to mean just the visual smoothness of the game, I think they were hoping that gamers would have caught on with that, but I don't think it's gone perhaps as well as they have thought that it has and it's, it, it's kind of, again, like I think in a previous podcast, we were sort of talking about methods of cheating. Like mm-hmm. these companies want to have the biggest FPS numbers on their chart because it makes their product look better. But mm-hmm. instead of improving the products in the way that we've traditionally associated with improving products, which is you make the GPU itself more powerful, what they're starting to do is just cheat in various different ways, like by using frame generation to pump up those FPS numbers And yeah, again, it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the future. But I guess to start off with, I should probably just recap FSR3 for people that are sort of listening to this podcast and wondering what on earth we're talking about. It is definitely worth going and looking at my video on FSR3 because obviously it is a visual technology. So an audio podcast is not the best way to describe what's going on. Um, But essentially last Friday, AMD sort of surprise announced FSR 3, the final version um, that was now shipping in games that gamers can now play. It was announced back in November of 2022. So it's about 11 months on since their announcement. It's now available for people to use. And similar to NVIDIA's DLSS 3 technology, this is a frame generation, frame interpolation technology. The difference between NVIDIA's tech and AMD's tech is that AMD's technology works across all GPUs. So whether you've got an AMD Radeon product, going back as far as the 5000 series or even earlier, I think, or you've got an NVIDIA GeForce product, including those that don't support DLSS 3 frame generation, you can use FSR 3, whereas of course DLSS 3 frame generation is exclusive to RTX 40 series products. So it works in a fairly similar way. You're generating one real frame and then you're interpolating between your real frames, uh, these sort of generated frames, which are not rendered normally by the game engine so as steve's mentioned they don't factor in any game input or things like that so the goal is to double your frame rate by using these interpolated frames so yeah it ends up working pretty similar to dlss 3 in terms of uh it's sort of how it impacts latency how it impacts the smoothness you know the the general thoughts that we had on fsr3 are pretty similar to dlss 3 in terms of the the conditions you need to be running to make sure that FSR 3 doesn't introduce visual artifacts and doesn't cause a really sluggish low latency experience. So pretty similar there. And the frame generation, you know, the quality of the frame generation itself, I think is reasonably similar to DLSS 3 frame generation. Of course, though, FSR 3 requires the use of FSR upscaling. With DLSS frame generation, you can use any upscaling technology whether that's native rendering fsr or dlss with fsr3 you are required to use amd's fsr upscaling which we've said in the past isn't the highest quality upscaling technology on the on the market right now so that's probably one of the the main downsides to its visual quality and then amd as well had a number of issues with sort of configurations with fsr3 so things like variable refresh rates don't work well with fsr3 and things like that so yeah, it's a bit of an bit of an interesting launch. I, I don't think it's a a total fail, but it's not a great showing, I don't think. Um would you agree with that based on what you've seen from my video and any testing that you've done?
0: Uh yeah, definitely agree with that. Obviously AMD wasn't that confident in the technology either, uh, and they sort of knew that it had well, they knew it was half-baked, had a lot of issues, but at this point they sort of just needed to get it out. So I think if they hadn't made The promises they had made uh, and put themselves under the time crunch that they were put under, we probably wouldn't be seeing this for many more months until a lot of those issues are sorted out. So, in a way, there is hope there that AMD can improve things. And I know a lot of people sort of go, Oh, it'll get better. There's no guarantee of that. I'm certainly not suggesting that in three months, FSR is going to be wildly better than it is today. It might be that they're just technical issues that they've run into that they're trying to fix, but they just can't overcome them. Or maybe it'll they will overcome them in a year or two when it's possibly not as relevant. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Again, it's not a technology that I care about or are excited about. So it's hard for me to get excited about it or comment on it too much other than, yeah, agree with your video.
1: Yeah, it was a very bizarre launch, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And I think a lot of what you were saying there about AMD, I don't know, kind of shooting themselves in the foot by announcing it too early and then sort of being under this crunch to get it out. Otherwise, it just gets more and more embarrassing, I guess, how long Mm -hmm. it's been since they've announced it. Like, I think NVIDIA copped a lot of criticism for announcing RTX 20 series products Supporting Ray Tracing and DLSS, and I think it took them several months to get out the first Ray Tracing and DLSS titles, but it wasn't 11 months. It was well before that that we sort of got those games. I think maybe a couple of months after launch, we got Ray Tracing, and then a couple more months after that was DLSS.
0: Similar result, though, because both of those implementations, the Ray Tracing was laughably bad, awful, Yes, and And DLSS was even worse, so you know, obviously DLSS has improved out of sight since then, it was still a very bad launch. So I guess that's what you're saying, that they put themselves in a position where they had to get that out. So they're like, well, yeah. And yep, pretty much and typical NVIDIA fashion. They they fully put the blame on the developer. <laughs> 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 Whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's odd. I think, you know, AMD claims that they were working on FSR 3 before the announcement of FSR 3 and DLSS 3 and things like that I I don't know whether that's actually the case. It Mm. seems like if they were announcing it way back 11 months ago and they're launching it now, that the bulk of the work has probably been done since the announcement. You know, they're kind of stuck in a hard place because they they basically had to announce FSR 3 when they announced it because NVIDIA had just come out with frame generation and they were about to launch their new RDNA 3 products. So they couldn't just launch these products without sort of mentioning what their response to DLSS 3 was because otherwise all of those reviews that were just talking about this new added feature that you get with 40-series products is going to look quite bad, I guess, if RDNA 3 didn't have some sort of, you know, what are they doing to respond to that? But then if the feature wasn't even close to being ready, then they are immediately put under this time crunch scenario where the longer it takes for them to get it out – the worse and worse it looks for them mm. to the point where they've they ended up launching the entire rDNA3 series as far as we know it before FSR3 was integrated into any games so they're kind of stuck right like either they announce it when they did to mitigate the initial reviews or they announce it later which then people are like well where's amd's fsr you know where's fsr3 like what are they doing frame generation by constantly being behind on features like they sort of have been for the past generations they're kind of stuck in this position there's no option there that's good for them i think i think the launch as well was uh, quite frustrating to cover because normally when we get these sort of new features and technologies we are given things like press briefings and so on like they'll come and they'll detail all the various different nuances to the technology, how it works, you know, what you can expect from it, what you can expect from your testing. But with just launching it out into the market, there's, there was none of that, which again, like we're not required to get early access. Like it's up to a company to decide whether or not to give early access. We're not entitled to it or anything like that, but it does make our job harder because we're then, you know, for example, I go through and I find things like anti-lag plus doesn't work with FSR3 Variable refresh rate doesn't work with FSR3. So, if there was a press briefing, these are things that we m- may be able to ask AMD about beforehand <laughs> so that when we test it, it's like, oh, okay, well, they said that that was a problem. We found the same thing, makes sense. Yeah. But now it's like, I find all these problems. Now I have to be like, okay, well, now I need a meeting with AMD to sort out whether these are my issues, like my configuration problems, or is this known problems from AMD. So, you know, when people are trying to rush out opinions and they're trying to do these videos, not that I was rushing my video or anything, but certainly other people got out, you know, first impressions and things more quickly that perhaps didn't have some of these things in it. I don't know whether that's sort of helping the situation or not. Like, is, is it helping to have people come out and say that it works in a certain way and then it turns out that it doesn't work in a
0: certain way? Like, No, it definitely helps AMD. The way they launched this technology into these two games was absolutely the way to do it from their perspective. Because... Had they given everyone one or two weeks to fully analyze it and get their content ready by a certain embargo date and time, it would have gone way worse for them because it would have been pretty well universally known throughout reviewers that things like variable refresh rate weren't supported and all the flaws and issues with the technology would have been known. And then amd is put in a position where they're like oh no we're definitely fixing that we're aware of that issue that'll be fixed and then they'll give some sort of date or time frame that they probably absolutely cannot meet and that just compounds the issue so by doing it the way they've done it is the way to do it for a technology that's half-baked and they don't know what they can and can't fix but they had to get it out the door so they launched on a friday uh, and hoping that people would do initial impressions as which is what they did R slash AMD goes wild and calls it a success. They announce it a success before anyone's actually properly analyzed it. You get a lot of people doing initial impressions, which, you know, initial impressions, things like DLSS 3 looked pretty good to me on initial impression because I was playing at 120 FPS base frame rate and I was testing in one of the best examples, you know, for the technology. So like, yeah, this looks pretty good. I'm, uh, yeah, I I don't, I, I don't feel too negatively about this. And then you started digging in. You're like, hey, have you tried this from like 30 FPS to 60 and then from 60 to 120? And then I started doing that. I'm like, oh, okay. So where this would actually be the most useful for gamers, it's very bad. Like it sucks. It gives you like this. It almost created this situation where like when you play at 30 FPS, you expect 30 FPS lag. But when you're getting like yep. more the smoothness of 60 with the 30, it was really weird. It actually, in some ways, for me, made the experience worse.
1: Some of the initial impression stuff, like it's not bad to have an initial impression or anything. And certainly some no. people discovered a lot of these issues pretty quickly. Like Daniel Owen, for example, mm. on his YouTube channel, I think he had videos out within a day or something that had already discovered, you know, the variable refresh rate issues and things yeah, like that. Good. And certainly, certainly some of the comments that I was seeing on, on Retton stuff were things like hey I've turned this on I'm not really seeing any benefit like it, it seems to be the same level of smoothness and maybe it's a, a bit juddery and things like that and you know, normally I don't look at a lot of impressions and things like that before I do my own video because I want to go in without that being sort of tainted by other people's other people's opinions you want to sort of have your own opinion um, but when you sort of find issues it's kind of like well I've got to figure out whether people other people are finding this problem or not so yeah, I think the initial impressions, some of them were good, obviously, but yeah, it does sort of reduce the breadth of it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I certainly didn't mean to criticize anyone. Like obviously, Daniel Owen put on a ton of work, did a lot of great content. Admittedly, I didn't watch a lot of it because I don't really care about FSR 3. I sort of thought you could suffer through um, all of that stuff. But oh, thanks. Um, my point more was guys like Daniel uh, are fumbling around, and again, I don't mean this in a negative way i mean he's he's playing with the technology he's like why is this not doing what i'd expect why is this happening which is really cool he's exploring it and finding it as he goes but had you given daniel owen a week to play with the technology he'd be like why is this doing what it's doing amd and amd be like well uh, that doesn't actually work the way you're expecting it to work and then he has all the information and then he can you know collect his thoughts work out a video and explain to everyone well this is broken um, this like you just he's less confused whether he's done something wrong. um You know, is this an actual problem? And that's why had AMD given all of the tech media say a week, this stuff would all be very well worked out and very clear what does and doesn't work. And then you can because it's hard to form an opinion on FSR three if you don't know if variable um, refresh rates work or not, if they're supported or not. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's really hard to work that and AMD knew that, which is exactly why they launched it the way they did. And it doesn't give you too much confidence that these are fixable issues or that AMD even thinks or knows they can fix it because they would have got ahead of this and got, "Oh look, here's a list of known issues that will be addressed." Like, you know, recently I've been testing some new Intel GPUs ran into a few problems and they've already like, yep, yeah, we'll definitely have that fixed with that question for the next driver update. We're aware of that issue. We've already solved it in the lab. Driver will be rolled out on this date, and it'll definitely solve that. Okay. Well, gives you a bit more confidence that that's the case. And especially given their track record, whenever they've said this will be fixed or it has been fixed, it gets fixed. But AMDs, to my knowledge, they haven't done that with a lot of these issues. Um, it's like, they're aware of it or they're looking into it, but they haven't been like, yes, we know what the problem is there and we will have that addressed with the next game update or driver update or whatever it may be. So you're sort of sitting there, hmm, yeah, how capable are they of fixing this?
1: Yeah, I mean, they told me, I think with Anti-Lag Plus, they'd already known that that was a problem. With Variable (laughs) Refresh Rate, I think they claimed to me that they had had it working, and then i was like okay well you know give me the configuration that you were using with variable refresh rate and i'll try to replicate it on my end and they gave me you know the configuration and things i didn't i didn't have the monitor they were using i was hoping that they you know would have be using a monitor that i had but i used a different monitor Um, That was the same brand and couldn't really replicate what they were talking about. And, you know, the example that they'd given the sort of evidence wasn't super strong evidence. Like we were using slow motion footage to sort of show the differences between the two configurations. AMD was just sort of
0: providing like a still image and things like that, which doesn't tell you a whole lot. So, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it wasn't it's more evidence of what i'm saying where they're like trying to keep it vague and be like no no this isn't really a problem don't dig too deep into this we'd rather you focus on the things that are working and that yeah. stuff they absolutely cannot avoid when they have press briefings on this stuff and you're allowed to talk to the people behind it and all that sort of stuff all all of those issues come to light pretty quickly and when you hit them with the hard questions they're like yeah nah that um yeah that doesn't work yet <laughs>
1: I think in my opinion that AMD should have delayed FSR 3. I think Mm -hmm. that you want the first impressions from people to be as positive as possible. So if a lot of these issues are genuinely solvable, like if AMD is saying, yeah, we've sort of like VSync off, not working, for example, there's that bizarre situation where apparently Forspoken and Immortals of Avium are using an old version of FSR 3 that isn't the latest version. Like that's a very bizarre situation. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. A, they've that, already weird. acknowledged that it's it's fixed in a future version, but then the debut version of of it in games is an older version. Don't really know
0: what's going on there, but yeah. And whenever it doesn't pass the the common sense test, some sort of basic logic, it, it, it tends to be the case that what they're saying is not necessarily true. But I, I agree; they should have delayed it. But at the same time, you and I have been mocking them for how long now. That it's mm-hmm. on the box, it's a promised technology, and yet they still don't have it out. So, and then I'm sure they've had those conversations where they're like, "Well, this is a bit half baked. It's not as polished as it could be." Okay, how long till it is as polished as it needs to be for launch? Uh, I'm not sure. Six months, probably. Okay, just get it out the door, then. We <laughs> can't wait another six months. So at some point, they've just got to pull the trigger on it, and it's so it's it yeah. sort of it tells you a bit about how long it's going to take for it to improve because it would be bizarre. right? I mean. It wouldn't be, it in a way, it would be very AMD if in the next month they radically improve it or in the, you know, the next two months, that'd, that'd be kind of like an AMD thing to do, which is like release a product at the wrong price or not working quite right. And then very shortly after, after they've copped all the flack for doing it half-baked or making the wrong decisions, they just fix it. I definitely wouldn't rule out FSR 3 getting wildly better in a relatively short period of time because... As I said, that's very AMD to do, but at the same time, yeah, they haven't given us a whole lot of confidence that that's going to happen either, so I'm certainly not suggesting it will.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of comments as well from people in the you know YouTube, Reddit, places like that saying, oh, you know, we should be pretty positive on FSR3 because it's a beta version, right? <laughs> like it's AMD's <laughs> released this beta version with issues and I mean, no. It, it isn't a beta version like as much as we can sit here and say that there's issues there's known issues that potentially will be fixed in the future maybe if amd fixes them uh, it's not been released as a beta version it's not described anywhere as a beta amd is very much saying that this is fsr3 you go up into the games it's not listed fsr3 beta anywhere it's just fsr3 <laughs> even
0: if it's it not was, a beta version how much does it matter if it was you're reviewing what you're reviewing, like we always used to make this joke. Uh, you know, Matt, who started the Harbor Unbox channel. You know, I game with him a bit, and whenever we play Fortnite, and there's some really dumb game breaking like issue or bug, he's like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, but it's still in early access." It was like six years later; <laughs> it still says early access. I'm not actually sure if it still does. I don't pay attention anymore. But basically, it, it was an early access game for many, many years. So whenever there was some stupid bug that just shouldn't be in the game matt always made the joke that he's like well you know it's early access we can't be too hard on them they've only made like how many billions of dollars from this early access thing so whether it says early access or beta does it really matter it's like this is what they've chosen to release into the wild and have us judge it based on that like amd could have fsr3 beta for the next three years
1: If they're using this to market their graphics cards, like they're saying, well, you know, you can get this performance boost with FSR 3 and, you know, we're going to compare FSR 3 on versus DLSS 3 on for NVIDIA GPUs and things like that, then it's pretty much not a beta version. Like Mm -hmm. you're advertising that as a feature that people should be purchasing a graphics card for and you would never recommend someone purchase a graphics card for a beta version of functionality. It's always final version stuff. So, yeah, simply it's not a beta.
0: No, but again, even with like Battlefield 5, if they're like, this is the beta implementation of ray tracing, you'd be like, well, definitely garbage. Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully it's the same with DLSS. So yeah, I mean, it's just... uh. I think people would be able to use it
1: as more of an excuse if it was labeled as a beta because with so many issues that we've found, if it's labeled as a beta, it's more like, well, you can sort of excuse, not that I would be excusing it, but certainly other people would be excusing oh, yeah, but, you know, it's labeled as a beta, so that means there's known issues, it's not a final version, these things will be fixed. Whereas if it's labeled as it actually is, which is this is the version of FSR3 that's in games, mm-hmm. then a lot of those excuses don't really work as well anymore. Like known issues for a final version
0: should not be there. I mean, why so, this thing This is always really annoys me so much. Why are gamers making excuses for AMD? I I don't know. It always just grinds my gears this. It's like, uh, I I don't get it. Why are you defending AMD or NVIDIA? Why are you making excuses for them? They're taking your money and you want to be critical of what you're getting in return because Mm -hmm. you'll end up with a future where the GPU is doing almost no work and you're getting software-based frames that are garbage. And that seems to be the future that a lot of gamers are begging for. I don't don't get it. I just, I, I don't know why AMD need you to defend and make excuses for their technology that they sold you and promised you 11 months ago. And that was the same problem we had with Turing. Uh, you know, so many people were angry with how critical we were of Turing and the initial implementation of DLSS and the initial implementation of ray tracing. Others were praising ray tracing for being this revolutionary new thing that was going to redefine graphics and ray tracing was the future. And how much t- how much do we hear that sort of garbage? And you and I are like, cool. That might be the case, but we're reviewing it based on what we're getting now, what they've promised Mm. you, and what they're charging you for. What you've paid money for is what we're reviewing. Not that ray tracing is going to be amazing in the future. It's like the path tracing thing now. People getting all crazy. It's like, yeah, it kind of sucks right now. Like there's two GPUs that can kind of do it, and even then they have to fake it to a large degree to make it playable.
1: I guess it's kind of a misread of what the what reviewers do reviewers yes. should be assessing products based on the here and now and what you're mm-hmm. getting for your products right now mm-hmm. and it always becomes very difficult to assess things for the future like I, I, how many times have we heard companies say this will be fixed in the future or this will be improved or amd fine wine or dlss will be fixed in the future or something like that which is all just future promises we have no idea what's happening with with that when it's going to yeah. happen is That's it going right. to be in the lifespan of the product is it going to transform the product from being poor value to good value we have no idea which is why we always have to assess products based on
0: what they are doing right now what what game support we're getting right now to add to that though you know i'm a reviewer with 20 years of experience so i've seen what materializes as a useful feature or extra performance i've I've seen that in the past i know that if you're buying an 8 gigabyte vram graphics card right now that's quite powerful like a an RTX 4060 Ti, that the 16 gigabyte version of that is definitely going to age better in three years from now mm-hmm. and will be a better investment. Like, Because we're seeing that trend already. We're seeing games like Halo where most of the textures are missing on Ultra if you only have eight gigabytes. So we've got some clear indications and examples now, like a dozen of them. We're pretty confident in three years that spending $50 more on the 16 gigabyte model, well, not that we recommend either, would be the way to go there. So we can make some future predictions and arguments there based on that but we can also look at path tracing in Cyberpunk and we can quite clearly say yeah guys this isn't something that you're ever going to be doing on an RTX 4060 Ti or a 4070 yeah. like it's not it's not yep. going to get to the point where they they refine path tracing where it just now works on a 4060 class GPU so we can we can confidently say that you're not buying a forty-sixty-two for path tracing.
1: Yeah, and I think the the key distinction between the path tracing example and the VRAM example is that with the VRAM example, we have multiple different products that we can compare to. Mm-hmm. So we can say, well, your options are the eight gigabyte model or the sixteen gigabyte model. One of them works with high resolution textures and when VRAM needs to be used—that's more than eight gigabytes worth—and we've got the eight gig version that doesn't do all of that. So then it becomes about, you know, obviously the value discussion then plays into it, but at least we have two different versions where you can sort of say one's good, one isn't good. Mm -hmm. Whereas with things like path tracing, yeah, it's very much like if there was some other GPU that was a 4060 Ti class that had elite level path tracing, then you could sort of make the argument that, okay, well, potentially that card would be good for path tracing in the future and the slower, crappier 4060 Ti that can't do path tracing Mm-hmm. is not going to be suitable for it in the future but we don't really have that so we can't predict into the future that a 4060 ti is ever going to be suitable for path racing because there's just no
0: evidence that that would be the case yeah it's, it's we we actually know though that it's not powerful enough to do it it's like yes it's like people still make this argument today like you know when the RTX 2060 came out and people were like but but you would never buy like a 5700xt over an rtx 2060 because it doesn't support ray tracing and there'll be those that say i bought an rtx 2060 and the ray tracing experience was great it's like okay well okay if you're happy <laughs> you're happy right <laughs> don't know what to say to that um i've tried ray tracing uh with various different quality settings in a, in a multitude of games with an rtx 2060 is not a good experience but you know some people say 30 fps is fine so i'll leave it at that but 5700 XT was certainly aged very well. Had its issues as well with drivers and stuff. Um, not that we ran into those, but certainly plenty of people did. Uh, but it's aged very well. Certainly better than an RTX 2060. But you don't even need to compare a GeForce and a Radeon GPU there. It was more that you're promised ray tracing support on an RTX 2060. I mean, arguably on an RTX 3050 as well. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not a good experience. You're not. You're not getting too many of those frames. Um, With an RTX 2060, and you're also not getting frame generation.
1: I guess we have to be fair when evaluating these. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. want to sit here and say FSR three will never improve. Like, this is a dead end technology that is going to be Mm -hmm. complete garbage. Now, I was fairly confident with DLSS one that that technology would not be able to improve uh, to to any significant degree. They had to sort of redo that with DLSS two as a completely different. Uh, Method. Mm -hmm. But I think with FSR3 and these sorts of technologies, you know, these issues that we're seeing are theoretically fixable. So it would be unfair to say, well, you know, this will never get better in the future. This is what it is. This is garbage. Like, Mm -hmm. throw it out, start again. This isn't going to be the solution. However, you know, we can't be at the same time thinking that all the issues are going to be fixed. That's to sort of sit in the middle ground where we're evaluating it for what it is. And then mm-hmm. making comments like, well, if they did fix this stuff, it would be it would be better, but that's not the reality of today. Yeah, comment is sort of saying like making excuses for companies. I agree, like what is the justification? Like why, why are you sort of making those comments in, in defense of AMD? It's up to them to prove to you that they have fixed those problems. And when they do, we'll reevaluate it. Like mm-hmm. if AMD tells, sends me an email tomorrow saying, hey, we – We've solved FSR3's variable refresh rate issues. The patch is available right now. I would be straight away going in and trying to validate that and then making an updated video for you about it. Mm -hmm. But again, it's on them to sort of prove that as opposed to just assuming that in the future it will be fixed.
0: I think my main, because I'm thinking we're doing this frame generation talk, FSR3, DLSS3. I know I alluded to it and probably did almost spell it out at the start, but I think my main issue with these technologies is you know, how they're presented. Obviously, we've talked about the performance thing and all that. If they were pitched as like FSR3 you know, frame smoothing or DLSS frame smoothing technology, I'd be much more on board with it. So I think my, my hang-up is more the naming of the technology and, and, and what it's been presented to gamers to do. For me, it's almost like a really intelligent, uh, I won't say AI-based, but like intelligent, uh, complex version of like doing what blurring does in games. Is that- it's like a reverse motion blur, isn't it?
1: yeah <laughs> like yeah, theoretically, on a high refresh rate display with really good frame interpolation, you would get a clearer experience. you'd see more like text in motion and stuff would be clearer for you, yes. so it is kind of like a reverse motion blur yeah and so to be um, clear
0: when people say that I'm saying it's it's a blurring technology, I'm not saying that I'm saying it it it, it essentially fills the role that blur was crudely doing which was yes to to remove that uh what would you call it, like laggy sort like of judder. jagged kind of like, like, yeah jarring frank, juddery slideshow sort yeah of thing. yeah so blur was introduced to make it a bit more you know, smooth smoother motion but it sucks and most people turn it off and i certainly do so it's it's almost like yeah i don't want to say blur but it's like it's it's filling that requirement mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> if you know what i mean uh, and yeah, i think that's what it does i think i really do think that's what it does is it's a blur replacement it's a, it's it takes it to the next level and actually does it pretty well
1: yeah i agree and i think it's sort of the same argument that we had back with again like ray tracing for the rtx 20 series the issue with that was that it was presented as a feature that you must have right now <laughs> and that you must spend money on and yeah the you know, the justification for not getting a performance, uh, you know, cost per frame improvement for the RTX20 series was you were getting features like ray tracing. Whereas if NVIDIA had come out and said that ray tracing was a technology demo, a look into the future of graphics rendering, and our graphics cards are the only place that you can assess this tech demo for yourself, the only place where you get this glimpse into the future, that significantly changes the discussion around Mm. that feature Mm -hmm. because now it's a much more realistic take on what the technology is offering to gamers and people would be much more receptive to it it would i think the criticism of ray tracing at the start would have been it probably still would have been there but it would have been a lot more muted i guess by the fact that nvidia is just sort of saying well this is a tech demo like we're not expecting Mm -hmm. this to run super well right now you're not buying a graphics card." For this experience you're still buying a gpu for the overall general rasterization experience but you can sort of take a look at that now of course they didn't do that which is why they had all these problems i think to some degree they've learned that lesson things like path tracing are more being described along the lines of a tech demo or look into the future than mm-hmm. a must-have you must buy a 4090 for path tracing sort of thing so i think that's mm-hmm. improved mm-hmm. but yeah things like frame generation could certainly be advertised in a way that's more reflective of what it does and i think that that would yeah i guess that would improve the situation but again like the incentive for them to show higher fps numbers on bar charts is far too great like it is i think this just turns up the fps numbers and even something like fsr3 like which doesn't work with vsync off like it just does not show the frames correctly paced like the graph is sort of showing you like yeah you turn on fsr3 your fps number goes from 60 fps to 110 fps or something but with vsync off you're not actually really seeing those frames it's kind of even like a next level version of that (laughs) where they've kind of just made a technology in that scenario that literally all it does is make the fps number larger without any benefit Mm -hmm. so the incentive there for for amd to sort of say well you know this makes the fps numbers larger and nvidia is the same with frame generation it's they're never going to escape that. Like it's a marketing person who's always going to jump all over that, and obviously yeah. the the explanation that we're sort of saying in this podcast is much more along the lines of something that wouldn't really sell the, the feature very well. It wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um. It certainly wouldn't be an incentive to buy an RTX forty series card like Frame Generation is at the moment. So, mm-hmm. one of the things I wanted to talk about as well with Frame Generation, <clears throat> which I think applies to FSR three and a DLSS three, is sort of. Maybe it's more relevant for FSR3 because Amy came out and, and when just talking to me about like the variable refresh rate issues and things by saying, well, the goal of FSR3 is to max out your monitor's refresh rate. This is how it sort of is designed to work. It works the best in that scenario. That's what we found. You're running at the max refresh of your monitor with vSynCon, tends to work pretty well. But the issue with this and why it's probably not ready for prime time, if that's the goal, is that. Unless you start your frame rate at pretty much exactly half of your maximum refresh rate, turning on frame generation will actually increase latency. So what we've seen previously, of course, is that you know frame generation doesn't improve latency. Typically you would get the same latency. like if you had a 144 Hertz monitor, you go from 60 to 120 FPS, your latency won't improve. But if you start at 100 FPS, you max out your monitor to 144 FPS with frame generation. Frame generation has to generate every second frame, which means your actual render frame rate has now been reduced. So in that 100 to 144 FPS example, theoretically your frame rate has had to go down to something around 75 to 80 FPS, whereas previously it was rendering natively at 100 FPS. With that sort of target of let's max out your monitor, for a lot of gamers, the the experience there is probably not going to be super compelling. I I think that's I guess a a problem like a pretty serious problem with the way that frame generation works now and the if Nvidia and AMD are sort of targeting this let's max out your monitor situation they can't just be like reducing the native render rate for people because it's not going to be it's like it's that's not a great experience for people to just suddenly reduce the number of ge-
0: real frames that you're getting it's just not hmm. anyway. well hear me out Tim just yep hear me out on this one i think i can speak for all gamers when i say this that we would have been better off had the current generation gpus actually offered an improvement a noticeable improvement in cost per frame like imagine instead of getting fake frames interpolated frames fsr3 dlss3 just imagine for a moment if we got 40% Forty percent more performance at the same price.
1: Mm.
0: So instead of nice? a instead of a forty sixty Ti costing as much or more than a thirty sixty Ti and being slower in a handful of games and at best about five to ten percent faster, imagine if it cost the same amount but was forty percent faster. Would that have been better than DLSS three? Well, yes. I mean, ob- obviously, yes. So right? th- this is what annoys me when you get all these guys on r slash hardware and r slash nvidia and r slash amd all of the fanatics all of the in really enthusiastic guys and they just beat each other over the head all day about what's better like how good frame generation is or which gpu is better amd Invi- i don't care just stop it like we should be all on the same page we don't want crappy gpu releases we don't want to go backwards in some situations and we don't want the cost per frame to just stay the same after three years we don't we don't want to be distracted it's like almost like political plays like we don't want to be distracted by all this noise and garbage what we want is for gpus to become faster and then that solves the higher refresh rate problem and all the stuff you've been talking about because you're actually getting more performance than you would have been otherwise and then you hear all these ridiculous yep. excuses like oh they're doing the best they can you know they can't sell that GPU for any less. And yeah, it's, so anyway, it's just, it's, it's just like that's bit, total BS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> believe that, absolute <them. laughs> garbage that they cannot sell those products for
1: less. Yeah, yeah. It's just so not true. So, but yeah, I think it sort of comes back to the, the discussion about these companies cheating in these mm-hmm. sort of frame, in these sort of oh, know, performance charts and things like that. It's like, mm-hmm. what's easier for a company to do? Is it, improve the cost per frame, which may end up reducing margins or mean that they have to put in more work, or maybe maybe they can't increase the margins as much as they want to. What's easier doing that? Keep the margins or, the same. <laughs> or keep the margins really high and inflate them yeah. as much as possible. Make yeah. the GPUs weaker and instead sell you a frame generation technology. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that frame generation requires no work. Like obviously you have to pay developers to create that feature. You have to make sure your hardware Supports the feature now. AMD has proven that really any hardware can support a frame generation feature, so that's pretty mm-hmm. much a solved problem. But the you know the sole the software side of things requires resources. But come on, like is it they've done what, they've what done makes the- them more money? Right, paying <laughs> developers to create frame yeah. generation or reducing margins?
0: They, they've got a they've got a cost per resources graph and Nvidia is yeah. looking at it going yes we know what our move is here we will we will sell them software based technologies and then we will jack up our margins on the silicon through the roof and the good times will keep rolling and that's clearly what's happened like we've been saying this for how long now i don't i guess i'm just uninterested in arguing about fsr 3 and dlss 3 i want to actually see better gpus gpus that we can get excited about again recommend and buy and not just be like well because mm-hmm. we were just talking about the RTX 4060 Ti. There's the eight gigabyte version, the sixteen gigabyte version is now fifty dollars more. You would clearly spend fifty dollars more to double your VRAM with the clamshell design because much more future proof. But you wouldn't recommend either four hundred dollars for thirty sixty Ti like performance with this. It's just it's bad. It's really bad. I mean, we've been recommending RDNA two across the board. It's like, well, you can buy an RTX 4090. As the 4080, 7900 XTX, and then the further you go down, it's like, well, we probably should just buy RDNA 2. So that's not good after three years.
1: I think it was a previous Q&A episode that we were talking about um, sort of, I think an NVIDIA executive had come out and said, you know, the future of game rendering is going to be AI technologies. Like, you know, people are going to be using upscaling and frame generation and things like that. And it's like, okay but it's still the base performance of the card dictates the final quality of those features. You know, a feature like frame generation is significantly better when your base frame rate is higher. That's just, Mm -hmm. it it mitigates sort of the latency concerns for single player game. You can get more in that high refresh rate experience sort of range. So, you know, selling features is nice. Like we don't, we don't want to say don't create features. Don't add value to these products by increasing the feature set and things like that. We do appreciate features and things like DLSS have proven that there are very good quality features that can be included with these products that really benefit all gamers. But the fundamental aspect of a graphics card is its general overall performance, the actual powerfulness of the shader units, ray tracing units, tensor units, those sorts of things. That is what matters the most about buying a hardware product is the Mm -hmm. performance of the hardware. And yeah, we can't sort of lose sight of that aspect of things as we move into companies trying to sell you more on features and things like that. Like, yeah, they're trying to sell you an experience and they're trying to upsell you on various different feature ads and things like that. But ultimately, the, the performance of the card matters the most and still to this day dictates largely how good those features are going to be a 4090 runs all those features much better than a 4060 that's just the way it is so yeah i think this generation and this sort of you know it's they're trying to market you on all these features sell you on all these features yeah i guess some gamers are sort of accepting that that's sort of the reality of the situation now and is getting excited about these sorts of things but you know, if we're sort of sitting here and accepting that a 4060 Ti type product can offer basically no performance uplift over its predecessor and sell you entirely on features, like it's not going to get better in the future if that's the sort of standard that we're accepting and sort of saying, yeah, okay, sure. Yep, make make the same product after three years, add a few features on top and call it a day. Like we're all, we're all fine with that. We're all happy with that. Please add, you know, frame generation two next year where instead of generating... One frame, you're generating two frames, and that's the improvement that you're now getting. Like,
0: I don't think, I don't think we want that. So I certainly don't. <laughs> but yes, that's where things seem to be headed. So, uh, a bit frustrating. Um,
1: yeah, but I mean, I, I think in the future we will get to the point where you know we have got these super high refresh rate monitors. There'll be 500 hertz, a thousand hertz, things like that. And the only realistic way to access a thousand hertz will be through things like frame generation technologies. But when we've got GPUs that are currently in the $200 to $300 range, the mainstream market where the majority of people are buying, you know, we're not advocating everyone go out and buy a 4090 because it is a premium product. We want the more affordable products to be super accessible and make PC gaming great for everyone. Until those products are capable of running today's latest and greatest games with all the features enabled, things like ray tracing potentially path tracing high resolutions high quality settings until those that type of card is able to do all those sorts of things then you know the all these feature ads and things are kind of a lot less relevant like until the 4060 is able to be a really compelling, high-performance, high-quality card for all forms of gaming, does it really matter that it can run frame generation? I mean, a lot of the times you're going to be dealing with a base frame rate of like 40 to 50 FPS in some games, which just isn't a great experience with frame generation. Well, So that card needs to get significantly better. and cards That's like right. That.
0: And I mean, you look at all of these NVIDIA technologies that have been released over the years, and you look at like, realistically, how usable is ray tracing on a 4060? So that's a $300 US GPU. How usable is ray tracing, in your opinion, on a 4060? It's not great. It's certainly it's not, not great. super
1: usable. But it could be a lot better, couldn't it, if what you were saying was like Bath, if the 4060 was 40% more powerful, like, yeah. does that open up 1080p ray tracing in a more significant way? I mean, it probably does.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's still only got... 8 gigabytes of vram which can be pro- problematic for newer titles with ray tracing but there's a lot that still do work but yeah you've got this 300 us card that's very underwhelming not particularly great at ray tracing in my opinion um not convinced you would really realistically use ray tracing in many scenarios with that class of product certainly can't see you enjoying ray tracing in two or three years from now with that product uh dlss is questionable again on that product because it's i wouldn't use upscaling at 1080p personally i think it's pretty crap Mm -hmm. there and then it it can be used to allow you to play at 1440p so there is that i suppose but again questionable on what games you can do that what the frame rates will be and then frame generation uh again on a 4060 like most of the time if you're using if you're using frame generation to improve the ray tracing experience you're almost certainly going to be at less than 60 FPS, which I find frame generation pretty useless for any game, really, at those frame rates. Yeah, while some of these technologies, you know, they are supported, they can technically, depending on the circumstances and preferences, be used, but they're not nearly as useful as they are in RTX 4090. $1600 GPU, yeah, all of those three features can be of great benefit, or at least beneficial, on a 4060, where you'd need them the most. Not so much.
1: Yes. So I think the next generation needs to focus on making sure that a forty-sixty type product, a 50-60, if you will, is giving people 40%, 50% more performance. And Minimum, yeah. Realistically with how much backlog of a lack of performance we've had in that sort of price class since the sort of 1060 era. Maybe we need even more than 50% more performance for sort of that mainstream product. It certainly needs more VRAM as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're sort of lagging further and further behind there. And, you know, I guess this discussion of features does sound pretty negative from that perspective, but I think our opinion of these features would be a lot more positive if a card like a 4060 or 4060ti 4060 or even the 76 rx 7600 which didn't really offer any performance benefit either like if those products were really good like we could sit here and say yeah the 4060 is way better than the 3060 it's a lot faster it can do so many more things in the previous generation card and then look at this well now because it's faster dlss is better because now mm. it's not so much a 1080p card now it's a 1440p card and you've just unlocked a really good quality dlss feature there at 1440p now you can run more over 60 fps so frame generation becomes more useful now ray tracing is a little bit more useful so we'd be sitting here sort of talking about frame generation being like yeah okay like it's kind of cool it's not not the sort of feature that is awesome and is a must-have and you must use it it's fairly limited in its applicability but you know Whatever, doesn't really matter. The forty the forty series has been awesome. All these cards have provided a really big performance improvement. So it's a nice little added bonus, but you know, it's not really the, the key feature of this generation. But we're not sitting here doing that because it's just not the reality.
0: Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head where the, the products themselves stand on their own. Uh, pcie connectors um, but the, the the products themselves are good the cost per frame is good it's a good product and then you've got these nice bonuses these new features or these things it can do in addition to being a good product in its own right so it really mm-hmm. just sweetens the deal instead it's like well this product kind of sucks but hey we're trying to make it not appear as garbage with these flashy new technologies that we're going to tell you do all these fancy things like boost performance. It's a it's a performance multiplier and, and this and that. So, you know, not as bad as it first seems. Give it a try. There's even a middle ground there where like they could maybe not give us like
1: a, an enormous performance improvement, sort of like a, a must-have major performance improvement, but they could give like a smaller performance improvement and then complement that with features, which would make the reviews, you know, be a bit more interesting to sort of figure out how much value those features do provide to the package but we're not even getting that like we're not getting like a a card that's 20% faster for mainstream (laughs) buyers we're getting a card that's zero to 10% faster which again like it just it doesn't make the products exciting I I, I think a 4060 that was 20% faster that had the same VRAM as a 3060 and then added things like frame generation DLSS blah 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 would be we could kind of get excited about that like you could kind of sort of yeah, sit there and I, be I, like yeah
0: okay i guess well yeah honestly that's still a very underwhelming product it's only you're only saying that because you're aware of what we got relative to what we True. got sure but if we if we hadn't have got what we got and that's what we got instead i think we would have still been like yeah. We look. We wouldn't have known how bad we could have had it. That's for sure. True, true. But but I think we would be sitting there going, "This is pretty underwhelming." Same amount of VRAM. It's only twenty percent faster, and yeah, look, it's got these new features, which you know you may not. All... And the problem with the features is you got to be so careful with how much weight you put on a frame generator because. So many people don't care about frame generation. They're multiplayer gamers. Like a huge portion of the PC gaming landscape is multiplayer gamers, or certainly predominantly multiplayer gamers. I mean, I've got a dozen friends that all game on PC. None of them play, sing- well, almost none of them play single player at all. A couple of them dabble here and there. And it's very briefly like, they're like, oh, I want to go back and try Red Dead Redemption. they will put a few hours into that and be like, yeah, it was a bit of fun, but you know, I want to get back to some c- competitive gameplay. So it's not like every single, like... You can't review PC hardware from the perspective of everyone plays Cyberpunk. Like you just can't do that. Like such a massive percentage of our audience are multiplayer gamers, and they want more frames and you know Counter Strike, Apex Legends, Fortnite, Warzone. They don't want Mm DLSS three. Anyway, I feel yeah. like I've done a lot of ranting this podcast, sorry. Oh, ranting <laughs> ranting's great. I mean, it's not even just like anecdotal evidence. Like
1: you can look at the Steam charts and have a look at what games people are playing the most. And it's almost all multiplayer titles. Mm-hmm. There's a few games up there, things like Baldur's Gate 3, which I think maybe has like a minor multiplayer component. But the majority of the games are things like you say, like Counter-Strike and, and those sorts of titles, um, which are being played,
0: you know, Maybe you don't need a 4090 to play something like Counter-Strike, but... Yeah, more, more so with those games, people are using RTX 4060 type hardware. They yep. want a performance boost.
1: Yeah, and I think it applies really to all features. Like, there are some features that we're going to be very positive on because it generally will apply to the vast majority of games. And I think something mm-hmm. like upscaling falls into that category. Whether, whether you're playing single-player games, multiplayer games, you have lower-end hardware or higher-end hardware, you can typically get a benefit from upscaling. Now, I do believe that the higher-end you go, the more you benefit from upscaling because the quality mm, tends to mm. be better at higher resolutions. But certainly most gamers can benefit from an upscaling technology. Whereas mm. when you look at all the other features that people say, and I think in the last Q&A we got a question along the lines of like, how do you recommend an AMD card now when they're behind on feature A, B, C, D, E, F, so on, right? And it's like, well... How many gamers are using something like the streaming capabilities of a graphics card? How many gamers are using, are playing the games where frame generation makes the most sense? How many gamers are using the AI rendering capabilities for you know, all these image generation technologies now on their consumer graphics card? Like all these things matter to some degree, but
0: it's always going to be weighted based on. And we account for that. Yeah. How many people use that? Feature. so uh, we, we're not certainly not br- you know we're, we're not brushing off better alleged vr support or streaming capabilities we're not not brushing those things off they're all accounted for which is why we always say when we're comparing to similar tier similar performing you know gpus radeon and geforce gpus we always say that the radeon gpu needs to be at least 15 percent more affordable given the current features that you get with nvidia now whether or not you require those features or use them that's still features that exist there and will make the card more appealing if you want to sell it on or do whatever you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we fully dismiss them and go, nah, you know, multiplayer gamers don't care about frame generation. So DLSS3 frame generation, throw that out the window. Uh, ray reconstruction, you know, barely support at this point in time, throw that out the window. Uh, a lot of people don't care about ray trait. We're not, we're not doing that. We're saying, you know, we're giving all of those features value and we're saying that for the Radeon GPU to compete, it needs to be 15% cheaper. So I think people like to think that we dismiss stuff like DLSS because we don't always benchmark with it, which, you know, my recent 1700 XTX versus RTX 4080 video, I thought was a pretty good example of why native is king and sticking to native and actually finding out what the GPU really can do or really does do as a baseline is the way to test. Because there were multiple examples where enabling FSR gave the 700 XTX a performance advantage over the rtx 4080 relative to what we saw at the native resolution despite the fact that in a lot of those circumstances it was probably producing inferior image quality which is helping amd essentially cheat on that benchmark so all the nvidia fans who are stomping their feet and you know getting their pitchforks out and having a go at us for not testing with dlss we're doing that because it's unfair in a lot of instances we believe on nvidia
1: Yes, yes, and I think that's probably going to get worse. But anyway, we'll we'll see how that goes in (laughs) in the future. The 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 final thing I wanted to talk about with FSR three was this talk about uh, again. This is sort of like when we go back, and you were saying about how companies love to not companies, but people in the comments love to say things that sort of excuse AMD for making Mm. features that are inferior and things like that. And I think a big one, as well as the it being a beta version, is this talk about how. FSR 3 is superior because it works across all GPUs. So this is sort of the FSR 3 is more impressive than DLSS 3 because it works across all GPUs. And I think I saw that comment. We've seen that comment a lot with FSR 2, so the justification for FSR 2 being the only technology included into some games. One of the major justifications we saw for that was this idea that FSR works across all GPUs and therefore it is the superior technology. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion... I disagree with this. I disagree mm-hmm. with the idea that a technology is better simply because it works across more products. I think it's it's more complicated than that. AMD are making this product to sell their cards, Radeon GPUs. So the fact that it works on NVIDIA GPUs as well is purely a tool to nullify the competitor's features, which is then going to make you think twice about buying an AMD GPU. That's the only real reason why a feature like FSR3 works on an RTX 30 series product Coming out with a technology that kind of works on all GPUs, but isn't as good as a technology that's, say, restricted to some GPUs, I don't really see that as a win. Like, it would be a, it'd clearly be a win if FSR3 was better than DLSS3 and worked across all GPUs. Undoubtedly, that is the best outcome, right? Something that's universally applicable, works really well. Great. Thumbs up. You've done a great job there. But is it better to, create a technology that works on all GPUs but then isn't as good? Like you you kind of compromise the feature to make it work across all GPUs. But <laughs> in, in my opinion, FSR3 only needs to work well on AMD GPUs. So would it have been better if it was restricted to AMD GPUs and used their exclusive hardware if that,
0: features? If that made it as good as DLSS 3 or better than I think so. I think what you're trying to say is, because you're going to be taken out of context here, I think, by a few people, you're not saying it doesn't matter. You're saying, I, I believe, you believe, it's a huge advantage and benefit that it's universally supported, but you don't think that it's the feature that conquers all other features. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. take some sort of, you you know, you're not weighting it well up here. It's like, universal support is here, and then everything else, like quality, and if it actually works well, is down here. You're not you're not doing that. You're so, mm-hmm. I think you acknowledge that it's of benefit to gamers to have an open technology that works across a range of hardware, but that isn't the be all and end all of deciding whether or not it's better. Um, it's a very biased weighting system. It's um. There's a certain website that compares hardware, and they like to um have quite a lot of bias in the weighting. I I think this is in a similar vein. So people who are pro AMD for whatever bloody reason, um, they're like, well, well, here's a thing that it's better at and that's the most important thing. (laughs) That's pretty much what they're doing. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think it's kind of a hard one, I guess, because I do agree that a a feature that works across all GPUs is clearly better than a feature that doesn't work across all GPUs and is restricted to some GPUs. Like, that's just obvious. Like, you could really make... (laughs) very little justification for the restrictions if the features were the same. but Or close, far-
0: like very close to the very same. very close,
1: yeah, yeah. But I think based on my personal weighting system, I would rate the support across all GPUs as very close to irrelevant if the features oh. isn't as good quality. Mm-hmm, I think sure. the quality far outweighs uh, the ability to work across all GPUs because theoretically you could... Like I'm sure, for example, that NVIDIA could create a worse version of DLSS that works across all GPUs. So they could just come out and be like, yeah, here's this terrible version of DLSS that looks like absolute garbage, runs terribly, but it runs across all GPUs. So isn't that a win for us? Like we, we've done what you wanted. We gave you DLSS. We, we made it terrible. We, we really cut the feature, but it works for all of you. Like I don't think anyone would actually want that. Like people want a feature that does that actually works really well as the primary sort of thing. And I think Radeon owners at this point should be wanting a feature that works really well for them, for them on their graphics cards. Mm-hmm. So if if a path to success for something like FSR three working really well on Radeon GPUs is that it works across all GPUs, fantastic. That's an awesome bonus. It means that Nvidia owners can use it as well, which is, I guess, good. But if that's the path, then go for it. But I guess the longer that I've sort of been testing these features, I think the more clear it is that making a highly tailored feature that is designed to work specifically on a certain type of GPU and uses specific accelerators and things, that tends to have produced the better results. Well, we so think like,
0: it could just be that NVIDIA is better at it, but... It could what, be, the, but... That's what even seems to be the case. Even something like XCSS works better on Intel GPUs. I was going to give that example, yeah.
1: So, you know, they've got the two versions there. And I know they have improved XCSS to work better on the on non-Intel GPUs, but still the Intel version of that, at least as far as I'm aware, is the, the best version the most of optimized. that feature. Yeah. The most optimized. So I, I sort of think like... It's nice that FSR3 works on all GPUs, but would it be better? Would it sell more Radeon products? Would this be the ultimate solution for AMD GPU owners if it was a restricted feature, if that Mm -hmm. was the easier, more viable path? So it, it could be the case where, let's say it would take, you know, 100 developers to make FSR3 as good as DLSS3 across all GPUs or maybe 50 developers just to make it good for Radeon GPUs potentially making good just on radeon gpus is the better approach there so i don't want to sit here saying like restricting this feature just to radeon gpus would be the the best because obviously the gold standard would be this open feature works across all gpus and is delivers the best quality but so far we haven't really seen that play out Mm. across in all of amd's attempts at fsr so far They've, they've gone with the open approach and the best that you could say for the open approach is that it kind of is attempting to make DLSS not as compelling for developers to integrate. That's really been the only success of that feature. I'm sure RTX 30 series owners will come back and say, hey, you know, please, please keep, AMD, please keep making frame generation work for me because I don't have access to to NVIDIA's frame generation because it only works on 40 series products. That's a fair point. Um, But I certainly don't wait the... Ability to run across all GPUs particularly highly, at least in my opinion.
0: Well, the only thing that could shoot you down here and prove that you're wrong is something we'll never have the answer to. But uh, Well, no, I'm not even sure AMD would have the answer to it. But it'd be interesting to know how many... People who own an NVIDIA GPU currently or did converted to a Radeon GPU because of AMD giving them some features that NVIDIA wasn't. I'm not expecting that number to be particularly high. Are they winning customers over by being the yes. good guys?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like by making this an open feature and working on all GPUs,
0: is that translating into Radeon sales? Does yeah. it I say it's not? No, I wouldn't have thought so, but we don't know. Um, but just based on how we know how people generally behave and the way they go about things, I would think not. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, then why do it? So they would need to get some actual hard data on that. Like, is this, is this a benefit to us? Is it helping us sell more Radeon GPUs? Is it helping win over NVIDIA customers? Or is it just helping NVIDIA customers out and and see them remain NVIDIA customers? <laughs> Like I think the original goal with the open approach for this was to make an a universal
1: upscaling technology that means that developers wouldn't need to integrate DLSS into games anymore. So then you kind of, that feature just becomes irrelevant. Like people wouldn't choose to buy NVIDIA GPUs anymore because all games are just using this universal technology instead and therefore people can choose to buy Radeon or GeForce based on the other strengths of the product, which could come down to the value performance and other things. Mm. I think that was the original goal of it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's fair to say at the moment that that has not worked.
0: Well, the quality hasn't been good enough to nullify those features. So it's just been like, here's sort of our version. That's not quite as good, but I'm not sitting here
1: saying that, you know, Radeon needs more sales. Like I ultimately don't actually care whether, whether Radeon or GeForce gets more sales. It's, And I think as well, you know, obviously the ultimate solution, as I've said, would be something that works. It's just one feature, works across all GPUs, delivers excellent elite image quality and is the best feature. That's obviously, I guess, the best solution for gamers in general as a whole would be that. But we have to sort of be realistic about how achievable that is and how, yeah, how likely we are to get that sort of feature now or in the future. And potentially a better solution for gamers would be this sort of nvidia has a really good feature for their owners radeon has a you know amd has a really good feature for radeon owners and that's currently the best option that we've got because yeah they've just gone down their proprietary path and they've optimized for that hardware maybe that's the way that is the best for gamers in the end so yeah yeah it's a tough one because yeah we don't want to sort of dismiss running across all gpus as being irrelevant and unimportant because it is important it's just that I don't weight it super high. I think there are other aspects that, yeah, they kind of have to nail the quality right and then offer it across all GPUs for that to be of benefit to people considering buying a Radeon GPU. And certainly in the current state of FSR3 and DLSS3, if you were choosing to buy a new GPU right now, you wouldn't be sitting here going, okay, well, We've got DLSS three for Nvidia owners, but then FSR three is really pulling me across to a Radeon product. Like it's just not really doing that at all. Again, yep. like it's yeah, just not. It's not where it needs to be for that to be of significant benefit. I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I think. Well, my assumption is that the majority of people who research the, these products to find out which one they should buy at a given price point are probably looking mostly at. The performance like the baseline performance of what they get which is what we deliver and it seems to be what the majority of our audience are interested and care about uh and nvidia would love dearly for us to provide you know frame generated numbers to those graphs to show them blowing or they would have been previously blowing away the competition but yeah i think that'd be doing a disservice to our audience but i think most people are looking so much heavily at those features some of some people will be um, but i think most people just want to know i want the most performance i can get for my money so which one offers that as
1: time goes on people are waiting a bit more heavily not not super heavily but they're including features like dlss more in their buying decisions but i think that's generally more when you've got two products that are fairly closely matched in performance mm-hmm. so uh, that and that at the moment tends to be most products right like you're looking at yeah. The pricing-to-performance ratio is pretty similar between AMD and NVIDIA right now. So
0: well, I guess when the, people are deciding
1: on features like that.
0: When the Radeon RX 7800 XT launched uh, and it was $100 cheaper than the RTX 4070, uh, yes, that's that right, right, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Clearly that was enough, and NVIDIA agreed that was enough to convince people to buy that instead, largely, which is why they reduced prices to counteract that. Uh, and why you saw $50 dropped off the RTX 4070. So if there is a big enough pricing discrepancy there, DLSS and frame generation all that stuff is not enough of a draw card in the mid-range to low-end for people to just, without question, buy the GeForce GPU. And I mean, that seems pretty evident based on how that yep. comparison played out.
1: Well, I think that's probably a fairly long discussion about frame generation and features and things like that and i'm sure I'm, I, I made it <sighs> yeah you made it yes we probably ruffled a few feathers with some of our ranting about oh, these, always, these sorts always. of things so it'll be interesting to see your comments in the can't uh, discussion below and things like that can't wait for that um let's take a break we'll come back and we'll talk about again our super boring existences outside of testing these features all right, Steve, we're back. What has been happening in your life so far this past? It's a little bit more than a week. We've, we've taken a little bit longer time to get this podcast out. So what have you been up to? Anything exciting?
0: Uh, Yeah, Um, mostly family and friend-related stuff. We had a couple of a, a big do's at our place, so quite a lot of people, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, so I've been busy with that. Uh, we've got a lot of, like, projects on the go, so I've been planning for those, ordering stuff and yeah, been sort of busy with that sort of home life, family stuff. So that's been good. Obviously, been doing a lot of work as well, though. Um, not a lot of big benchmarks at the moment. Yeah, because I have been busy with other things. But we have some stuff coming up, so that's good. Did you watch the grand final, the AFL grand final last yeah, week on Saturday? I did watch that. That was the day after we had all the family here and yes. friends. Uh, and that was a very good game. Yeah, it was amazing. I'm glad. I, I, I'm glad I didn't care which team was going to win. And I'm glad my team wasn't involved because that would have been a very stressful day. Yes.
1: Yes. Your team being in the grand final, very stressful. I remember that a few years ago. Obviously my team's been crap since then, but um, yeah, that was a stressful day. Yeah. I I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed it. It was Mm. closer than usual. Again, people from overseas probably wondering what the hell we are talking about. Of course, this is Aussie rules football. They had their final match on the weekend um, and, yeah, it was a very close, good quality game. And, yeah, neither of our teams were in it, so they were very low stakes. I had a cu- couple of um, my family members over, had a bit of an enjoy- enjoyable time watching it and, yeah, just having some snacks and things like that, which was good. So, yeah, I- unfortunately I was a little bit sick during mm. the during those couple of days. I managed to get myself a, a cold or something like that, which I'm sort of still… Tim was sick. I was sick. <laughs> So my voice was a little bit weird in the FSR3 video and things like that, but I'm pretty much back to normal now. Another thing that happened to me this week was actually last night. I um, I tried to buy a monitor from Samsung because mm. Samsung at the moment isn't providing us with all of the latest and greatest monitors. They, they have done it with some of the monitors, but they're not super on the ball with, you know, a new flagship product comes out, I request it, and they're kind of like, yeah, we'll see. Things like that. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll find I'll pull the pin. I'll try buy this product for them. I think they had like a a discount or sale going on. So I'm like, okay, I can save a little bit of money here buying this product. I was interested in buying the, I think it was the 49 inch, I think it's the OLED G9 or something like that. Can't remember the exact product name. It's the big 49 inch ultra wide QD OLED monitor. I thought, easy done. I'll I'll purchase that. I'll get like my six hundred or seven hundred dollars off, done. Go through the ordering process and I'm like Oh, huh, interesting! It won't let me proceed in the in the cart with this. What's going on there? Turns out they won't ship it to me. So, no option. Doesn't matter how much I would offer them in terms of money to ship it to me. No option. Will not ship it to my address. Will not ship it to my area. Which is pretty bizarre when we're talking about a high-end flagship, expensive, multiple thousand-dollar monitor. No, nah, won't do it. So they, they oh, probably well.
0: blacklisted your postcode
1: just the whole i've done so many negative reviews of their products have i that they've just like nuked the whole postcode for everyone
0: it's done yeah so good i guess it's possible (laughs) but But yes that's a bit silly
1: bit silly bit frustrating i also tried to buy i think it was i tried to buy the 59 inch version at the same time like a two for one deal and then they weren't going to ship the two, they were going to like ship the two products much later in the year together. Whereas if I ordered them separately, I would have gotten one much earlier, which didn't make a lot of sense. So yeah, I think Samsung has a bit of work there to put into to making sure I can actually buy products. I think that the basics of a customer experience is like you buy it and they ship it to you. So I, I don't even know why they wouldn't do it because I haven't had that problem with anything else I've ever tried to buy. So I don't live that remotely, like...
0: No, not, you should, you should contact them and ask them why that is. So, yeah, I think that's
1: pretty much it for this week's podcast. Bit of a bit of a longer one than last week, I think, but I enjoy the discussion on features and things like that. And I think next week, yeah, will probably talk about things like the, uh, I'm just about to get into testing the driver-based version of FSR 3 that they've put into the Radeon software, so the non-game integrated version. I'm sure I'll have a few thoughts on that uh, by the podcast next week. So, Yeah, stay tuned for the video on that because I'm just about to get really dive into looking at that and yeah we'll see if some of the issues that were present with fsr3 are are also present with this this driver version Um, awesome I look
0: very excited to that
1: can't wait (laughs) you love frame generation so you'll be just love it diving straight into that video as soon as it comes out I want to watch it four times oh well that'll be good um so yeah that's pretty much it for this week's podcast thanks to everyone that's listen to this one to the end and if do you do want to provide feedback then comments below we've got our discord community as well we've got a podcast section there you can let us know your thoughts on what the things that we've said so yeah guess that's it thanks for watching thanks for listening subscribe get in your podcast apps and we'll catch you in the next one